Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God and being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. On this week's episode, Josh and I talk about our normal practices as Gresham Bible Church. Why do we do what we do when we gather together on Sundays? And then we talk about how and why these normal practices shape us as a particular local church. I hope you find this episode helpful. episode, we're going to talk about why we do what we do on Sunday mornings at church. But before that, we're recording this, uh, not to date it too much, timestamp it, but kind of in the season as we're looking ahead to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any traditions around Thanksgiving? Maybe, you know, your family growing up or your family now, what does Thanksgiving look yeah. like? Yeah. Thanksgiving growing up in my family was very special. It was the day that we spent with my dad's side of the family. And basically it started with pretty good sized breakfast. My mom would make some, uh, these, uh, blueberry muffin pie things really good. We'd watch the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade, which I feel like is one of those things that I turn on. And then five minutes in, I'm like, this is really boring, but like, it feels like something I'm supposed to watch <laughs> Yes, and look forward to, uh, <laughs> followed by terrible football the rest of the day. So, I mean, usually just these games that didn't matter, but yeah, just lots of football, hanging out with family. Wow. Lots of food. So you guys would start with food early and yeah. then food throughout the day. Yeah. My, my family's kind of crazy like that, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say that we have much more beyond that, but what about you guys? Did okay. you, I mean, did you, or even now, do you guys have anything special? Do you like a turkey bowl thing or anything? No, uh, the kids have done that some. Yeah, nothing special. I wish we did. Thanksgiving is different kind of each year, depending on mm-hmm. extended family or not. Uh, but I love hearing about families that do. I had a good friend in college who would uh, fast for three days before Thanksgiving, and then he would go on a five-mile run the morning of Thanksgiving just to kind of <laughs> deprive his body so he could lean into the gluttony the of it. The of I know. Horrible. I've never been able to do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, since probably 2008, nine, we've spent every Thanksgiving with uh, Liz's parents and oh, family. Cool. Yeah. So we're usually, we've been in the Gresham area every Thanksgiving for well over 10 years, mm. and we great food, and then historically with her side of the family, we play a lot of games the rest of the day. So yeah, that's good, After the Thanksgiving meal or you're playing games up to the Thanksgiving meal? Uh, Usually after. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's good, man. It's it's great. It's kind of one of those, Thanksgiving's kind of a weird holiday, isn't it? It's just, we basically eat. Yeah, it is kind of strange. if you don't like football, there's not much else going on. (laughs) So yeah. And Black Friday now is like the whole month of November. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll use that as a somewhat uh, imperfect but jumping off place to talk about traditions and rhythms and why we do what we do uh, when we gather as Gresham Bible Church. So uh, you speak about this in GBC 101. For people who are newer, want to learn more about church, I thought it'd be helpful for us to have this discussion on a podcast. So Josh, how would you maybe at a high level first tee up uh, the rhythms that we do on Sundays, kind of why do we do that? What's the big idea in play? 
Yeah, that uh, I think it's a really important question. One that I wonder how many, if people ever ask this question mm -hmm. um, in a thoughtful way, but I, it's one that I think people are honestly wrestling with or evaluating all the time. Like people probably go to churches and you leave and you're like, I liked that. I didn't like that. Oh, I love that we did th that they did this. I thought that was weird. Um, so we kind of are doing evaluative things all the time when it comes to what a service is. And at GBC, uh, we at least try to be extremely intentional on what we do every week. And I'm the kind of person where uh, in our values, we want there to be the same sorts of things every week because of what it's doing to us. We'll talk about that. But, you know, also to not make it just this really rote, robotic sort of thing, but uh, that there is a freshness to it every week yeah. uh, and how we're doing it. And so that's sort of the balance. But yeah, um, yeah. do you, I mean, kind of, I'm curious more like when you were kind of your background, mm -hmm. I mean, did you experience a lot of different types of worship services and how did you even think about those things? Yeah, that's a really good question because that does kind of tee up expectations we have or maybe things for each of us that we like or don't like. So for me, I grew up in a, a you know, classic 90s evangelical church, more on the Pentecostal side of things. So kind of the norm of a Sunday morning would be uh, fairly loud music. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the preaching of God's word, but there wasn't any uh, call to worship or a benediction, things of that nature. Um, so those were kind of the expectations I had or the norm growing up. And mm -hmm. then uh, when Carrie and I started dating, got engaged and married, we started go going to a church who maybe had a little more rhythm or intentionality around the Sunday service. And so that's still an area for me of how I grew up, um, I didn't have some familiarity around this. And I do find it interesting when you talk to people about maybe you're in out of town and you visit a different church or maybe someone's even newer to GBC and be like, hey, I like this or I'm not sure about this. And often mm. it is what we grew up with. Totally. And maybe there's even some level of nostalgia around it. So why do we like certain things? Not saying that's good or bad, but your experience definitely plays into that. So yeah, how about you? What was church like growing up? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in really small Baptist churches where, you know, we, you know, we sing and um, do a lot of traditional things like take the offering and pass the plates. And uh, every week after the sermon, there'd be like an invitation, you know, where you could almost like walk the aisle and mm. uh, go kneel on the, I mean, we probably called it the altar. I don't know, but it was like basically the f stage and pray or get prayer or um, talk to the pastor, you know, make a decision. And so, you know I mean? So a lot of the services were always driving at a decision, mm -hmm. I think when I was growing up. Um, so in some ways evangelistic for that reason, I mean, they were also intended to disciple people. Uh, but I would say a lot of the services I grew up in were like driven with that, like yeah. trying, like get, trying to get people to make decisions that week. And it, I don't say that negatively, uh, mm -hmm. versus just that's kind of what I grew up with. Yeah. Um, and so, and yeah, I think even just in my younger years and getting into my thirties, um, uh, there, there can be temptation or at least senses where I would view worship services as this moment, you know, where you're trying to kind of feel a certain thing, mm -hmm. um, or you want to sing certain songs that you really like that are your favorites or, you know, like, 
we, we kind of look at services and what we're doing in a service a little bit consumeristically yeah. of, oh, that really made me feel this this week, you know? And so it seems like, at least in my background, uh, that's what things were often driven at is mm-hmm. how can we, in a non-manipulative way, but you'd walk away from a service being like, that was a great week yeah. because, man, I felt this or this thing happened. or You know, we're, mm-hmm. you're looking for something really significant to almost change yeah. in that moment. Um, and I'd say in a, in a different way when I was growing up, that's kind of what was happening too. Like you could walk away being like, today was a great Sunday because so this happened in so-and-so's life. Mm-hmm. And I say all that, not again, not negatively. Like I'm just like, that's great. If God's doing something, you could sense it and experience that. Like you, we hope that's happening. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think sometimes what a lot of people are looking for in a service is, yeah. Um, something they can feel when they walk away. Which I think you could reasonably conclude, uh, and maybe someone who's listening to this helped format some services in those contexts in their past, but then it's really easy to kind of schedule a church service, so to speak, knowing what the consumer wants Mm -hmm. and then how to structure things around certain desired outcomes and a feeling. Uh, Again, that's not necessarily a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but is that the driver to it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, and that's fundamentally, I think, where the change begins to happen mm-hmm. that I think is really important that, you know, we help train our people in and for people who ever come to GBC to know that there's intentionality about yep. our services and how they're structured and what we're doing. Um, because I think most people, when we go into a corporate worship gathering, we're focused on how I feel mm-hmm. and what I'm giving. Right. So a worship service for a lot of people, I think, is fundamentally what I'm giving to God, what I'm what I'm mm-hmm. saying to God, how I'm praising God. And it's that right. We're giving we're, we're worshiping and we're uh, dis- we're showing worth in our praises to God. You know, we are doing that. But the focus often in corporate worship is on the self and how I'm feeling and what I'm giving. Yeah. And even in the evaluation, like, well, this didn't connect with me or that it connected with me. And that's where I think the way that we're viewing corporate worship, there's a big shift um, in our thinking that's away from that. Yeah. Yeah. So to maybe kind of jump into that a little bit more, what would you say, why does Gresham Bible Church have the practices we do on a Sunday morning? What's kind of the why behind those things? So I'm thinking of, you know, in Gresh, in GBC 101, you talk through, there's a, a slide called normal practices and it's our call yeah, to worship. Yeah, we can go through that. Yeah. yeah. So it's called a worship. Singing. We sing the Bible, scripture readings. We read the Bible, intentional prayers. We pray the Bible, sermon, preach the Bible, ordinances, baptism and communion, fellowship, giving, testimony and benediction. So a lot of that is God's word in different ways. So Mm -hmm. what's kind of the why behind that, would you say? Yeah. Maybe before we get into that Mm -hmm. a little bit more, uh, I think it's good to like communicate that. But I think behind all of it is the idea that uh, we understand worship to fundamentally be a response to God Mm -hmm. versus us, the initiator, the initiating agent in worship. And so that's kind of what I'm saying is that most of us view ourselves as the initiating agent. So we walk into a service and we're trying to almost, our, our opening songs in some churches are sort of like, please God, come and meet us, come and um, 
do this. And, you know, almost this sense of like, we got to conjure up God yeah. to meet with us. Like if we do enough, you know, I almost picture the tower, um, uh, the bales in Elijah's story, oh, right. Wow. You know, where they're trying to like get God to their gods to send down fire from heaven. And they're doing all these dances and cutting even, and all these things like, you know, in a much more subtle way than less dramatic way than that, we can view worship that sense where I'm trying to like get myself to a certain emotive place, sing enough, long enough to where God's like, okay, I'll do this today, you know, that sort of thing. And so a lot of worship is done with the person thinking I'm the initiating agent, but that's not how God orders worship in the Bible. Any sense of worship and praise we give to God is a, is a, in response to what he's done. Amen. Like God has already revealed himself to us. He's always the initiating agent. The issue is not that God doesn't want to <laughs> meet with us or doesn't want to um, speak to us. Uh, the, the reality is, is that I too often don't want to meet with him. I mm. too often don't want to hear from him. And, and so he is the initiating agent. And so, um, so that, that's a huge thing. So working through that list a little bit. Yeah. So call to worship them is not, um, oh God, please meet with us. It's a, a reading a, a passage that hopefully is going to set a theme for the service, but more so is kind of just putting God before our eyes mm. and us getting a glimpse of who God is. Because again, he's already revealed himself to us in his word. And so before I even sing, we want to encounter God in the sense of like, let's let God be the initiating agent. Yeah. So let's read his word. He's a speaking God. This is who he is, right? So that's the call to worship. When we sing, you know, we're trying to um, sing songs that are, um, uh, I always say, um, we want to sing the Bible, right? But the songs that we sing often could be really controversial. You know, this is a highly preferential area mm -hmm. for people. And so our only two categories for choosing songs at GBC are choosing songs that are um, beautiful and true. And so basically if the song is true, it meets that category, maybe we'll sing it. If it's beautiful, like maybe that's gonna be a song we'd sing then. But if one is true and not beautiful, we probably won't sing it because there's other songs that are true and beautiful. And if a song is beautiful, but it's not true, we're not going to sing it. Yeah. Um, because what's the point of that? Right. Um, so anyways, I don't want to work my way too much to that at this point, but at the same time, even what we sing, um, it's, we're taking words that God's already given to us yes, and repurposing them and, and forming our praise out of them. Yeah. No, I think that's really, helpful and instructive to walk through that and then maybe to come at this from a different angle too mm -hmm. could you speak into a little bit of it we're not flattening the service so to speak in each of these different categories it's centered around mm -hmm. the pulpit and the preaching of god's word so mm -hmm. each sunday the the call and the benediction and the songs are trying to align to maybe a central theme from the word being preached could you maybe just maybe someone doesn't know that that's been coming to gresham bible church could you mm -hmm. maybe explain that just a little bit, how we go about that, maybe why that is? 
Just uh, what's being... Just in terms of, you know, uh, preaching is um, the hub of the wheel of God's word being unfolded. So just trying to connect the dots on these Mm -hmm. things, right? Kind of the normal flow or rhythm of the Sunday service. Uh, And they're all important, but in terms of like equal weighted value, they're all... um, directing towards the moment when God's people hear God's word preached. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, basically, you know, the sermon texts are chosen well in advance as I prayerfully plan a lot of that. Um, and so basically knowing the sermons like text, we're having the people choosing the music to look at that passage. What are the themes they're bouncing off theme ideas with me? the kinds of songs we should be singing that week that would line up with that. I'm choosing the call to worship and the benediction passages, and those are meant to line up as well. So what's going to be sort of, what's the point of this passage? How can our call to worship help guide us even into that? How can our benediction sort of commission us out of that um, whole service? And so, yeah, that sermon is that central point. Um, that really the songs are chosen, the texts that we're also reading are chosen. Um, but I would really pair up the sermon and the ordinances really t- together. Yeah. Okay. And that's, uh, really important. Fundamentally, the reason why this sermon is kind of that central driving point of a, of a service is again, for what I've just said, God is, um, the in- a- initiating agent in worship. And we worship a speaking God who's revealed himself to us fundamentally in the person of Christ. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wonder what God is like. Uh, so we have God entering history as a man. and um, But then we also know that his word is what's been given to us. That is, the Bible, the way it talks about itself is that it's profitable for rebuke and instruction and correction. It's... Um, you know, it uh, cuts us, it is uh, divine, it is inspired, it is inerrant, you know, just it's it's God speaking to us. And when you read the Bible, when God speaks, God is acting. Yeah. When God says something, things happen. Mm-hmm. And so we want God to speak. Mm-hmm. And the way that God fundamentally speaks is through his word. And his word gives life to people. It's how lives are changed. It's how we're instructed to live. It's how we are formed in who we understand God to be. Um, so again, since God is the initiating agent of worship, because we need to hear from God um, and respond to his word, um, the sermon really is that central point. We want to try and exposit these texts yes, because we believe God speaking is God acting. Now, the ordinances are important because those are the two uh, ordinances that have been given to the church um, that do many different things. Um, one of the things that it does, though, is it puts the gospel on display. So when someone's baptized, you're seeing the gospel on display because the person goes under the water, symbolizing uh, the death of Jesus. And then when they come out of the water, it symbolizes his resurrection. Every, we take communion every single week, and that's making the gospel visible. Yeah. Where um, if you, when we're taking the elements, we're holding up in a tangible way a symbol of Christ's broken body and spilled blood for us. And so we're therefore remembering again what God, the initiating agent of mm-hmm. even our response in worship, what he's done for us. Yeah. And so we want that sermon to be able to connect to that table. That's what I'm thinking of every week that I'm preaching. That's what I want every person who's preaching at GBC to do. 
I've always said to people, if I cannot connect my sermon to the table mm-hmm. of communion, I don't know if I've preached a Christian sermon. Wow. Yeah. Um, I might have preached a good sermon that could pass in a synagogue or, um, you know, maybe even like a, a Mormon church or something, you know, and, but that's not what we're going for. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, we want our sermons to be able to connect to that table. And I want to try to figure out how my passage that I'm preaching, how the gospel is to be understood in light of it. And so hopefully that time is then being applied to people's lives in a tangible way as we're holding these elements, thinking of the gospel. Um, so those things really go hand in hand. Yeah, that's so helpful for us to reflect on. And to your point, I think um, a lot of people uh, think about these things, or maybe it just has become familiar, so to speak, for those that have been at Gresham Bible Church for a while. But it's helpful for us as a church family to know there's thought, there's intentionality behind this, and not just in terms of method, but trying to be faithful into what Scripture calls the church to be and who we Mm -hmm. are in response to that. Yeah. Yeah. How about Josh? Are there any helpful things you've read, heard that's kind of influenced you along these lines in terms of, I'm just going to say this word, liturgy. Yeah. What comes to mind for you? Like when I say that word, what has helped you think about uh, these rhythms and practices being a good and healthy thing uh, for the local church? Yeah. You know, probably 10 years ago or more, if you would have said the word liturgy, I would have thought of like Catholicism or something really stuffy and Mm Um, just kind of like cold religion, you know, but over time I've just really come to realize that the word liturgy is, um, just basically talking about what we are regularly doing, uh, when we're together or even could be applied in your life, what you're regularly doing in your life, um, that is, uh, shaping you. Right. And so every church has a liturgy, even if a church's liturgy is, two songs, a sermon and two songs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a liturgy. That's like shaping us in some way. Yep. So that's kind of like the, like, so again, the first big thing that we've at least I've been trying to talk about is that we see worship as God as the initiating agent and worship then is a response to God mm-hmm. um, every single week. I don't have to like try to get God to meet with us. Um, he's already initiated that. But secondly, I think getting to what you're asking is the fact that what we do together on a Sunday is then uh, training us. It's um, habituating us. It's, yeah. is that the right word? Yep. I mean, it's sure. uh, equipping <laughs> us, it's forming us, right? It's training us what to think, what to believe mm-hmm. about ourselves, about the world, about life. Yes. Right? And so... Um, everything is extremely intentional then for that reason. I would argue what we're doing in a service together on a Sunday is basically a corporate expression of what should be happening in my private life throughout the week. Mm. You know, I mean, you can go down the list from, um, you know, uh, singing, you know, the idea of that praise, giving praise to God throughout the week, scripture reading, the Bible should be what I'm digesting, these prayers that we're praying, you know, that should be a part of my everyday life. The hearing from God's word in the sermon, you know, kind of idea, um, living out these ordinances, which there's a lot to be said there. Fellowship, giving, right? Like we talk about giving every week. Well, I should be living generously throughout the week, right? Yeah. So all these things that we're doing on a Sunday are like this 
bigger corporate picture of what should be happening in my life throughout the week. Yeah. Um, and so these things are actually shaping me and informing me. Yeah. So, um, so I, I thought, uh, kind of getting to your question then, there's a book that both you and I yes. realized today that we had read mm-hmm. and really both liked. It's by James K. A. Smith, um, who's, who wrote a book um, called You Are What You Love. Um, and he bas- he's a St. Augustine um, kind of, not expert, but um, he, he really, what would you say? Uh- Scholar, communicator, Augustine scholar. I don't know. Yeah, sure. But um, he writes a lot about Augustine in different modern ways. But he has a a good quote, I think, that helps maybe bring to light what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But he says, instead of the bottom-up emphasis on worship as our expression of devotion and praise, historic Christian worship is rooted in the conviction that God is the primary actor or agent in the worship encounter. So we've already kind of said that. Worship works from the top down, you might say. In worship, we don't just come to show God our devotion and give him our praise. We are called to worship because in this encounter, God makes or remakes and molds us top down. Worship is the arena in which God recalibrates our hearts, reforms our desires, rehabituates our loves. Worship isn't just something we do. It is where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship because it is the gymnasium in which God retrains our hearts. That's so, good. so I think Sundays are doing that. They're doing something to me, yes. right? I don't know. How do you think about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I love uh, the book, You Are What You Love Too, and just the truth in terms of um, not just individually, but corporately, and how the, you know, the Augustine idea of we have, my problem is I have disordered loves. So when God calls his people to gather every Sunday, it's God's word that calls us, right? Then we hear God's word preached and then we're sent out under God's word and that's reordering what I love. And not to sound all too philosophical, but when you really take two steps back or come at this from a different angle, we're all being um, formed, shaped, influenced by a certain story during the week, the story mm-hmm. our culture wants us to believe because mm-hmm. they want to um, get your money in terms of marketing or things that you love or find attractive, the good life, right? So I need my loves reordered every day. Uh, and especially when God's people gather once a week, we're not to forsake the habit of gathering together as is the habit of some. Uh, and so I just think this idea it's so helpful for it to get out of the theoretical or concept or, yeah, I read a book. Well, how does this actually impact how we order worship when we gather as a local church? So probably a lot of Gresham Bible Church uh, already gets this, but we really want to be intentional and press into this and make sure we're all on the same page in terms of uh, driving to the why behind it. So I don't know. That's what comes to mind for me. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I don't I don't know how many of us are thinking of corporate worship as something that's reordering my heart. It's yeah training me a certain way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even in this book, um, you know, James K. Smith uses the example, I think, of a mall and how a mall is, he says, the mall is a religious site because it is liturgical. The mall doesn't care what you think, but it is very much interested in what you love. And he kind of goes on this long sort of exposition of taking the mall idea and how you go shopping and how that is doing something to you over time. Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy anything or whatever, right? We all need to buy things. Um, but he's just using it as an example that when I go to the mall and I'm shopping, 
I can compartmentalize that as just something in my life that I do. But he's arguing that in a very real sense, even something like shopping is a, there's a, a liturgy to There's like something to it yeah. that's forming me and it's ordering my loves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not really that thoughtful um, about those most of the time. And so if that's true in every area of our life, um, then it's definitely true for Sundays. So I don't know how many times I feel this way or I talk to people. This is last week I talked to somebody who came up to me and was just like, man, I just, I'm just amazed at how much I need this every week in my life. Mm. You know, I just, if I am not here on a Sunday, it just really affects my life. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, so someone might say to that person, I don't, I don't think it's right, but, oh, that sounds like a weak way, like you're too weak or something like that. But no, I mean, I think it's in recognizing how uh, trained and formed I am throughout my week that coming into a Sunday again yeah, and hearing from God, rem- being reminded of what he's done for me in Christ, praising God even when I don't necessarily feel like it because the words I'm singing are true. Um, praying with the service leader as they're praying for different things around the world, um, being commissioned, you know, in that benediction time. I mean, all these things, it's telling me again, like what's true and how I should think and what I should feel and what I should love. Right. And it's reordering that and reforming that. And so, um, yeah, so I really think Sundays are doing that. Mm -hmm. And so this is a pretty, uh, I don't know, controversial, maybe is not the right word, but uh, a different way of viewing corporate worship than other people. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people might view corporate worship as like, that's where you're trying to get your non-Christian friends to come and trying to get them saved. It's an evangelistic event, kind of what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at GBC, we're fundamentally realizing the value of Sundays, especially more and more in a post-Christian world, is uh, to that to rehabituate us in our loves and reorder our loves for us. Yes. We want non-Christians to be there. Oh, yeah. We we want them to be welcomed. We want to always speak to them, um, invite them. But hopefully when they come, they're experiencing not a service per se, but a people yeah. that are very different than the other liturgies uh, in the world that have shaped the people of the world. Amen. Like it should be telling a better story. Uh, yeah. pointing to a better world uh, mm-hmm. that breaks in in our moment. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, what we do on a Sunday, like, should be weird <laughs> yeah. to the world. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, if it's not, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, because we believe a completely different story. Yeah. I mean, we believe that God's love for us is not earned by us. Mm. I mean, that the world doesn't believe that. Yeah. Um. We believe that God took on flesh and died for us. I mean, that's not how the world portrays gods if they even believe in a God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just everything about God and the gospel are so contrary. And so, of course, it's weird then that we would want to view worship as like us responding to God or we believe that this, the preached word in this generation is how God primarily acts in the world. Yeah. Um, when everyone's like, no, you need to show more video clips and keep it shorter and whatever, you know, yeah. um, or dialogue is how people change. Um, or even doing communion every week and how 
that can feel so rote for some people, but it's also an opportunity for me to come face to face again with the fact that my God died for me. Amen. I mean, like I need to remember that this week, you know, yeah. like that changes everything about how I live now. Uh, humility makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, self-giving love mm-hmm. in the face of evil makes sense. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It just yes. completely reorders how I see the world. Yes. If I'm really being formed by that worship time. Yeah. Yeah. I hope when someone listens to this podcast, it's not just us pontificating or uh, getting too intellectual or philosophical, but how we do church, for lack of a better way to say it, really matters, A, to be faithful to what scripture clearly reveals and B, who we're made uh, to be and who Mm -hmm. we are in terms of our loves and what we desire. So I I love this kind of conversation. I hope this is helpful. So yeah, any closing thoughts or hopes for us as a church in terms of this? You've touched on some of it already, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what exactly is important to close with other than again, just, you know, some of the things I cover in GBC 101 are, um, you know, we do want to have intentional prayers, mm-hmm. you know, um, around, uh, praying for our church, the city, the world in that time, our service leader always leads us in a time of confession, mm-hmm. sin, uh, you know, that's, it's meant to be a form of a model prayer, but also just to pray for other churches, um, that helps us remember that we're not the only church. So even just like listen to what the service leader is praying for. It's really intentional. Yeah. And it's not wrote by someone else. It's them praying. But we're, we're praying for specific things for a reason because we want God to work in those ways. He's promised us and told us we should pray for these things. But also um, that should be training how we, that is that is training how we even see ourselves in light of the whole, in our work in the world. Um, you know, a lot more could be said on the ordinances. Um, but we're, you know, we've, when this podcast comes out, we would have reintroduced our fellowship break. Um, and that's significant um, because introducing a time of fellowship in the middle of a gathering is weird. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't go to a movie or a sporting event or my kid's school event um, there's probably other events we go to, right? A concert and a third of the way through, they go, now greet people around you. You mean like no one does that. <laughs> Why? Like, you know, because I'm there f- to receive something, I'm there to be entertained. I'm there to watch. Yeah. Right. The Just even that alone culturally shows you that a church is not a place. It's not an event. It's not a thing I go and just, I'm there to receive something from. Yep. Um, I'm not there to watch, you know, I'm there to like give it. The church is a people we've gathered together. And the point is us being together for the sake of encouraging one another yes. as we're being formed by the gospel and in God's word. So even that fellowship break, there's an intentionality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fellowship break having just been reinstated, instituted, uh, allows us to have our children in the gathering at the beginning I mean, that's significant. I mean, that alone is intentional because it's it's reminding us that these kids are just as much a part of our church, right? And, and we that being together is really critical. Mm-hmm. I'd say even the fact that we have one gathering and not two gatherings is really significant 
because it's telling us how we're supposed to view church. It's forming us a certain way. Yes. And how I even understand church to be a family and not an event. Um, when we talk about giving every week, maybe that makes people uncomfortable. I don't know. But we're just recognizing again, everything I have has been given to me. And yes, we're called to give to support the work of the ministry in Scripture. New Testament talks about that kind of stuff. But also, again, like giving is an act of worship, and we don't want to like shy away from that. So again, these are things I cover in GBC 101, but that's where I'm trying to just land a little bit is just, uh, I'd love it if people, if they even listen to this, you know, like just pay attention to what we're doing on a Sunday, not for the sake of analyzing, but just what is that doing to me over time? And how can I incorporate these things into my life throughout the week? Um, So it's all intentional. Yeah, um, no, that, that's so good. And then that helps as we wrap this to a close, but helps us get out of the mindset that our culture shapes us to all the time in terms of what we love. And I'm just a consumer. Rather, we gather as God's people on Sunday as worshipers. And I think if we have that construct or that mindset, it just changes everything. I'm, if I'm coming to worship, not just consume or to get something for my mm-hmm. life. Um, well, that's yeah. the irony of it all, honestly, yeah. is when you begin to view it that way, you like get a lot more. Yeah. Amen. It's so weird. Amen like when I stopped trying to f- just feel a certain way and instead it was just like, let's sing. And I'm like, I don't feel like singing, but I'm going to sing. Yeah. You start singing and then you find yourself wanting to sing. Yes. As you think about what you're singing, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, yeah, whatever. Just when you begin to stop trying to make it feel a certain way or, create a certain experience and you think about it this way which this is a historic christian worship mm-hmm. how it was viewed uh you'll love church a lot more amen because well you'll said. see its benefit in your life it's beautiful yeah, yeah. totally oh that's so good yeah All right. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any questions that you want to talk about from hearing this, whether you're newer to Gresham Bible Church or you've been at GBC a long time, we'd love to talk with you. And you can do that by reaching out to me at greshambible.org. And lastly, just want to give another thank you to our friends at Humble Beast for the great music on the podcast. Thanks, Gresham Bible Church. Thanks.